My name is Dominique Drew, and this is The Art of Attraction, the premier podcast to elevate your relationships, your life, and yourself. I'm your host, Dominique Drew, an intuitive, a spiritual guide, and a seasoned expert in men's relationship coaching. I've used the methods in this podcast to completely transform my own life and relationships, and now, high performers in every industry hire me to help them do the same. Here, you will learn how to solve the issues in your inner world which keep you from real fulfillment, deep intimacy, freedom, and authenticity. Welcome to the next stage of your evolution. Hello, everyone, and we're live with The Art of Attraction with Domini Drew. Thank you so much for joining me. I am your host of this fantastic and insightful podcast, if I do say so myself. Uh, there's no one here in the studio to contradict me, so uh, I will just uh, say that <laughs> and assume everyone's agreement. <laughs> Welcome to the show, you guys. I have a great uh, show for you lined up today. Uh, today, I really want to talk to you about control, um, which is uh, a really, really uh, powerful self uh, form of self-sabotage. And so I think you guys are going to get a whole lot out of this. I'm really excited to, um, to present this to you. Uh, and so I'm looking forward to jumping in. Uh, so if you are new to the podcast, then by all means, welcome. Uh, this is the art of attraction. Um, I specialize in helping single men attract life partners through personal and relationship coaching. And, uh, you know, really I'm, I'm looking at the deeper psychological levels, right? How we sabotage ourselves from what we want, right? And so that could really be applied to your dating life. It could be applied to your business, to your financial existence, um, whatever it is that, uh, you know, where you feel stuck or, um, like you aren't, uh, sorry, I'm adjusting my mic here. Um, or like you aren't fulfilled in that place. That means there's some place there where you are sabotaging yourself. Okay. Um, I like to describe it as having, uh, psychologically having one foot on the gas and one foot on the brake. And you'll find, and you will know already, if you are a fan of this podcast, um, that, uh, it's much more than the psychological, right? This affects your physical body. This affects your spirit. This affects your uh, mental world, your emotional world. Um, and so on all these levels, if you are out of alignment, if you are working against yourself, you're going to notice that in your life. And so the dating life really becomes um, the, uh, the symptom rather than the cause right? The, the symptom rather than the source, excuse me, of the problem. Okay. You think, oh, I have dating issues. I can't meet women or, you know, whatever it is. And that's all well and good. And that might be true, but the problem isn't with women or the, excuse me, the problem might be with women, but it's not, uh, sourced in your dating life. Okay. Um, whatever, um, whatever it is that you, uh, are experiencing your dating life, you're probably experiencing other places as well. And so once you find that underlying pattern, your whole world starts to shift because what we're, what we're doing, uh, what we're shifting is, uh, is your foundation. Okay. So I, uh, run an eight week course called the art of attraction. And, um, uh, in that I, I help people see what it is that's happening underneath the surface. That's 
keeping them from what they want. That's that's the whole thing, right? And so what we're doing is we're working on those really deep kind of foundational levels. Um, and when you shift those, everything in your life changes because what you're changing is you, right? So, um, so it's really quite, it's quite fascinating work and it's very profound and does not need to take a lot of time, which is a, a common misconception, right? You know, therapy, um, you know, therapy can take uh, years. Um, therapy is great, by the way, not dissing therapy. If you have any idea that you might need it, you know, everyone can use it. It makes everyone's life better. That's all it's for. You know, it's funny, just a quick sort of side note here to me, and granted, this is my field, but um, it just came to my attention today that people still kind of think therapy is for crazy people. And that is like so outdated. I can't believe people still believe that. But if there's any shred of that in your mind, if you think that, you know, getting, getting therapy or, or getting coaching is like, uh, you know, a sign of weakness or it's for crazy people like you, that's serving no one but yourself, but you know, that's hurting no one but yourself, right? That's not serving you. Um, if you uh, have anything in your life that could possibly be better, then you could benefit from therapy, right? Now you've got to find the right one. If you go to a therapist and you don't notice any change, then you have the wrong therapist, but that's not a problem with therapy. That just means you have the wrong therapist. Does that make sense? So, um, so yeah, so if, if that's a, a thing that you carry, then please, uh, you know, <laughs> please let that go for, for your own sake. Um, on the other hand, you know, it, it can take quite a bit of time and it's absolutely worth that time. And again, I, I, I recommend it, but I have a method that can actually do that in the matter, in a matter of weeks rather than taking years to, um, to go through that, uh, that process and sort of work through the, you know, um, the psychological aspects alone, because what I do is I work on every level at once, right? So we address the, the physical, the, um, psychological, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual and energetic. Um, and when you address all of those at once, then, you know, the, the progress is really quite significant, uh, and fast. So anyway, uh, control. Okay. Control is a fascinating topic. Um, and I'm really excited about presenting it today because um, I think it's one of those things that 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 is often happening under the surface and is often missed. Does that make sense? You know, if you have anger issues, okay, that's something that's more easily seen. If you have, um, you know insecurities that can often be more easily seen. Control can hide and uh, it cannot really look like you're necessarily feeling controlling, right? Um, it can look different ways. It can slide into the surface. It can sabotage you. It can fuck your life up and you don't even really know where the problem is. And so I'm really uh, looking forward to um, to presenting this today. If you have a question for me and you would like to join the conversation here at the Art of Attraction, then uh, feel free to call in. Uh, the number to do that is 828-333-4686. And again, it's 828-333-4686. So feel free to call in and, uh, and check in with me or ask whatever question you have. Okay, so let's dive in. So why even talk about control? Like, what's the problem with it? Why is it something that you might want to fix if this is in fact something that you feel you may struggle with? So this is why it's important to you, you guys. Control pushes people away. 
Okay. It's, 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 it's unattractive. It, um, it repels rather than draws people in. Okay. Uh, pretty similar to any defense, right? If you think about it, they're defenses. The purpose is to protect you, to shut someone else out, right? So control, quite fascinatingly, um, can really uh, get in underneath the surface and be pushing people away without you even realizing that that's what's happening. And that's essentially where I specialize, right? What, wouldn't you like to know that thing you do that turns people off, that pushes people away? Wouldn't you like to know that thing that you do that um, keeps women from being interested in you? that sabotages your relationships one after another? Wouldn't you like to know that thing you do that keeps you unhappy day in and day out? Wouldn't you like to know? What I find fascinating is some people genuinely answer no to that question. They, um, they don't want to. You know, they just, they'd rather sort of sit in that place of, nope, this is just the way the, way the world is and this is what, how it's happening to you. If, that's, if that is you, that is perfectly fine. No judgment on my end. This is probably not the podcast for you. Because that's a kind of a complacent life, a kind of, you know, life by default that for me personally is not very attractive at all. Right? And by attractive, I mean, I'm not attracted to it. I don't want that kind of life. That doesn't interest me at all. Then you're just sort of, I don't know, floating along and um, accepting sort of the, the, the ways, the things that happen to you. Now, honestly, a lot of uh, what, what uh, my clients learn in the art of attraction is acceptance, right? But it's a different kind, okay? Um, accepting just being like, well, I guess this is how things are. Women just don't like me. I guess I'll be alone forever. If that's okay with you, great. That's, that's perfectly fine. You know, I've spent a lot of my life single, um, a lot of it was not voluntary, um, and a lot of it has been. And both are great. So I have no agenda for people to be in relationships. Um, however, if I were to have an agenda, it would be to show you where you're screwing yourself up because that's not the same as making a choice. That's not the same as... Um, deciding, no, this is, this is what I want to do. If the, if the decision is conscious, okay, do what you want. I, have no, I don't think there should be more of one type of person than another. I don't think everybody should be like me. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't hold any expectation, right, for reality in that way. Um, and Wake up. Look at your life. Own your life experience. This is, this is it. You're here. What do you want to make of it? I won't say it's your only one because in my experience, it isn't. But regardless of what you believe, even more so, if you're one of those people that's like, nope, after death, there's absolutely nothing. Life is meaningless. Not meaningless. That was an exaggeration. But, you know, life is, you know, there's nothing beyond the physical world, right? Which is something that I've just you know, I've seen beyond that so many times that that's a very silly argument to me. Um, but that's just my experience, you know, and I've also studied those other realms very much. and I've seen very much beyond uh, this physical world. 
Um, if I hadn't, I wouldn't quite be on board. So no judgment there either. However, even if you, if you are, especially if you are that type of person, wouldn't you want to make this life epic? Wouldn't you want to enjoy your time here the most? To go out being like, fuck yeah, that was great. I'm done. I'm tired. Let's go. For me, it's on to the next adventure. <laughs> right? So, so control is one of those things that you might be doing, um, might be happening underneath the surface that, um, that's really holding you back, that's keeping women away from you, or that's continuously sabotaging your relationship. So let's dive in. I've said that again. Let's dive in. Let's redive. Let's get out of the pool, onto the diving board, and dive back in again. Um, so control is based in fear. Okay, so why does it push people away? So we said control pushes people away, and that's because it's a defense, right? It's based in fear. Okay, it's trying to hold on to something that really can't be held on to. Okay, if it could be held on to, you'd already be holding on to it. And if you know, and if it couldn't, then you would, you know, you were okay with that. You would just let it be how it is. The desire to control or to change or to fix um, is is based in fear. I need you to be a different way because I'm not okay. Okay, it's not a movement of uh, of um, genuine. It's not a movement of genuine desire to help, for example, right? Um, like here, let me help you with your, uh, let me help you with your uh, issue with your, um, your partner, whatever, okay? Um, that can come from two different places. It could be an authentic thing of like, hey, I see that you're hurting, you know, how, how can I help? That's an open-hearted, um, we can say love-based um, uh, movement, right? So when that energy comes through, it comes with a certain intention because my intention is, oh man, I, I see that you're hurting. I genuinely want to help. So there's a genuineness there and it comes forth. Okay. It, um, is effortless. You know, I run this business helping people. I don't think at the end of the day, oh God, I've helped so many people. Or like, why doesn't anyone help me? That's not a thought that ever occurs to me. <laughs> I've, I've helped too many people, never occurs to me. I'm like, how can I help more? Like, that's my genuine, that's a part of my, my being. That's part of me, Domini. This is who I am, okay? So if it comes from that place, it will be effortless, okay? And that's key because if there's effort, that means you're doing something and you're doing instead of being. If you're allowing effortlessness, there's a place of being, allowing. And it's funny because when I even just, just talk about that, my whole body relaxes, less effort, okay? You're just letting life happen. That is ultimately the state to get into, okay, to, to stay. That's, that's mostly where I live now full-time. used to be I was, you know, I had all of the insecurities and all of the defenses and um, had to control everything. I was, you know, anxiety, um, you know, fear was, was a huge aspect of, of, um, my life. So, so on the one hand, it's a, it's a defense and that's why it's not, uh, it's, it's not great uh, for you. And it doesn't elicit a great response from other people towards you. 
Here's the other thing, though. It's a fucking illusion. Does not exist. Not a thing. Can't do it. Okay? So you're literally buying into something that does not exist. This is also true about perfectionism. Okay? And I'm going to do a whole other episode uh, on perfectionism because uh, it's, it's also, it's just, it's, it's the craziest thing to me. And I used to have it. Like I, I, I struggled with that for, for many years and now um, it's virtually pretty much gone. Every once in a while, maybe there's a little blip of it, but for the most part, it doesn't happen anymore. So <clears throat> perfectionism is based on desiring a thing to be perfect, right? I'm going to, um, I'm going to do this business. I'm going to, uh, and I'm, I'm going to create a landing page and it needs to be perfect before it gets put out. Can you point to perfect for me? Just, just point to it. Where is it? What's it going to look like? What's the definition? See, there isn't one. You've made it up. It is something which by definition cannot be achieved. And you're always striving for it. How painful that must be. And you can't even point to it. Uh, Is a glass perfect? Is a, you know, what does that mean? How do you know? There's no definition in our our language, right? It probably means without flaw. And if you look up, you know, flaw, it's probably something that keeps something from being perfect. You know, it's cyclical. It has no meaning. You can't point to it. And that doesn't mean it's not real. You make it real, but it doesn't actually exist. Um, So like um, math, right? Math also also does not exist. It's not a thing. It's it's theoretical. We make it up. And there are rules, and there, you follow the rules, and 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 so you can still use it. It's measurable and repeatable. And as long as you follow all the rules, you get the right answer, right? Um, but we've all but but it doesn't exist in the world, right? Perfect isn't even something that we can work with theoretically because we don't know where it is, right? W- where is it? Point to it can't be done. Right. So I'm going to do a whole, uh, a whole thing on this, but that's one of the things it's, it's similar to control in that way. Control is an illusion. It's not something that you can achieve. Life is going to happen, sugar pie, whether you want it to or not. Now you can take part or you can not take part. Well, you kind of can't not take part. You can opt out. That's an option. Um, you can uh, let it do what it's going to do and not, and, and, and take minimal part. Uh, or you can try and make everything about it the way that you want it to be, but it will not happen. You can take all the safety precautions in the world and you can still get hit by a bus. You could take all the safety precautions. You can all take all of those germaphobe people, which I think is just wildly unhealthy. Guys, let your body get sick. You're fine. Body's meant to heal itself. If you keep it from getting sick, it's unprepared to heal itself. Really not good for you my two cents. Okay. Um, but those people who, who are like, you know, are, are paranoid about germs, you can still, you know, you're still breathing the air. Someone with a cold or flu or bronchitis could still walk past you and in the air around them, they are contagious and you will contract the flu. 
you can live in a plastic bubble. Is that how you want to spend your life? So you see, you have these two options here, right? You can either sort of try and feed that place of control where you are um, trying to minimize this risk, right? You're trying to minimize um, uh, the pain. That's all it is. You're trying to make it so that you're not going to get hurt in the future. Gentlemen, ladies, you're going to. I will tell you right here, right now, you're going to get hurt in the future. At some point. Take a deep breath. I'm going to tell you something else. You're going to get through it. It's okay. Your, your system is prepared to handle that. You're going to be okay. You know? You're going to uh, go through that experience. You're going to feel all those feelings. And then you're going to come out the other side. You're going to be okay. You don't need to avoid risk. It's impossible. Spend your time doing something else. Or that's the invitation from me anyway. You have an option. I would like for you to know that you have an option and that what you're striving for, you can't get, okay? So the more you try to control life, right? The more you, um, you try to keep your children from experiencing anything. You know, they, they're, oh, the grass is too tall over there. Don't let them play on the grass, it's too tall. There could be things in it. Of course there are things in it. Let them get stung by bees. They're fine. Yeah, have a bee. Okay, that's going to hurt. You can go you can get it fixed. Yep. There is pain in life, you guys. Let your feet come down on the ground. It's okay. It doesn't mean you're unsafe, right? So when there's this, this fear of pain, when there's this avoidance of, um, of pain, you avoid life, right? You're unwilling to feel the sort of the feelings that you interpret as negative. And you try and control your life in a way that you will avoid those. I'm not saying don't take reasonable precautions. If the street has busy traffic on it, you probably ought not to, to, to cross it, right? It's like an episode of Frogger. But, you know, don't avoid all streets. Don't, don't stress. You don't, need to, you don't need to hold that anxiety all the time, right? Um, because the movement to, to fix it, to defend yourself against that is absolutely powerless, right? Life is going to happen, okay? There are some aspects that you, that you have control over. One is your own, um, your own life experience, right? So what do I mean by that? Um, there is pain in life, fact. There will be pain in your life in the future, fact. It's part of what we're here to experience. What you can control is suffering. The pain is, oh, my little girl went out on the, um, my little girl went out on the, uh, in the lawn and uh, she got stung by a bee. Oh, pain. I remember doing that when I was a kid. Hurts, hurts like a bitch. Fair, okay. Pain is, uh, excuse me, that's pain. Suffering is spending every single day stressed out and putting the fear of God into your daughter of the natural world because she's, you know, because you're afraid that she's going to experience pain. She is. If you guys are parents, 
and you're worried about your kid experiencing pain, they will. Don't avoid it. Don't protect them from that. That's not your job. Your job is to make sure they survive, first of all, and to support them, to to help them through those times, not to not have them. Does that make sense? Those are two profoundly different lives, you guys. One that avoids risk, that avoids uh, pain, that avoids discomfort, is one that avoids life. That's a whole aspect of life that you're avoiding, right? Our, our culture in the West, in the U.S. at least, is obsessed with it. It's obsessed with it. Convenience and safety and, you know, and, and minimizing discomfort and pain. And personally, I will just share with you, it drives me fucking crazy. It really does. Because for me, that's a really important part of life. I'm not saying it's pleasant. Like I, you know, I love it, but you can move into it and then you get stronger. And then the next one doesn't hurt so much. Do you understand? This is so, so, so important. There is no point. You know, I, I personally, I wouldn't want to live a life that's exclusively joy and happiness. There's no contrast. There's no depth. There's no richness to that. That's a, a monochromatic life. Ugh. Ugh. It makes, my, it makes my skin crawl just thinking about it. Like it's such a limited, limited way, you know, when everything's easy, you know, we're obsessed with ease. Oh, it's fast and it's easy. And I don't even need to push a button. Why don't you just push the fucking button? How hard is that? It's not like we're, you know, we're living through profound hardship most of the times. Obviously, some people are. I'm not you know, minimizing that. But like, I'm talking about like culture and, and, our, and our, you know, commercials, you know, com- our um, commercialism and sort of how we set things up and this obsession with convenience and ease, right? Um, and, and most of us, you know, we're just, we're just minimizing those, those, those experiences, right? Instead, have them, experience them, and then let them go. That is the place where you will actually feel the way you're trying to feel when you're trying to control things, okay? There is a desire there. There's a desire there to to not have pain, essentially. It's not quite that. You're, you're trying to be safe. You're trying to control the outside world in order to feel safer, right? And while, again, that's that, that sort of baseline um, movement or um, desire or, um, let's say, impulse, there we go, is, is fine. You know, if, if you can, you know, if there are two options and they're equivalent, you want to take the easier route, take the easier route. It's not, that's not it. It's, it's the fear-based. Oh God, don't let her on the tall grass. I don't know what's in the tall grass. No, you don't. But it's probably not a bear who's going to eat your child. And by the way, bears don't eat children. You know, I mean, a huge grizzly might be if you, you know, step on him. I have bears in my neighborhood. They come, they come through, they come through my streets all the time. Actually, if I'm up at the right time, I see them most days. 
it's not a big deal. Everyone's like, oh my God, I can't believe you have bears in your, thing, bears in your neighborhood. Bears in my neighborhood? I just built a house in their neighborhood. Who was here first for Christ's sake? Rude. Humans. Ugh, the entitlement, really. Anyway, so, uh, so you know, they're, we're controlling the bears and obviously, you know, you're, you know, kids, things like that. Maybe they'll go after a dog, but bears don't eat dogs. They don't eat children. They don't eat people. They are not a natural predator. They eat fish and they eat berries. And for the most part, when they live in your neighborhood, they eat garbage, which is also not great, but, right? So the last thing would be, you know, oh, we should definitely kill that bear because, you know, they may endanger our, our human ways. And it's like the, the profound lack of awareness and respect, you know, the, if for, our, for our natural world is astounding. We try to control everything. I literally, I had, <laughs> trying to keep the derision out of my voice, but honestly, I'm probably gonna have a hard time. Um, there was an experience I had down in Florida um, where I, you know, I was at a friend's house and uh, the neighbor walked over and thought I, thought I lived there and we just started chit-chatting and he had just bought this house and he said, you know, there's this big, beautiful uh, tree in his uh, yard over his driveway. Uh, and it was just, it was just, it was very, very old. I mean, I think it was probably, uh, who knows, probably 7,500 years old. Um, and we chit-chatted and he said, yeah, I think I'm gonna take that tree down. And like, I got a little Lorax inside me and I was just like, you know, trying to not to gasp in shock and was like, why? Why would you take that tree down? And he goes, oh, it's just really dirty. You know, it's always dropping things in my car. So I'm probably gonna take that down. Wow. <laughs> Whew. Yeah. That happened. To me, the unbel- the extraordinary arrogance. This guy had just bought this house. It was like a little crappy house in the middle of Orlando somewhere. It wasn't like, this is my parents' estate and I've taken it over and I'm a steward of the land. And I just, you know, the, for some reason, this tree here doesn't work. Who knows how long? It was like an investment property. I don't even think he was going to live there very long. It was like, but it was this tiny little inconvenience. And it was worth taking the life of this thing that had lived there for the last hundred years. And I find that kind of thing shocking. I really do. I have a very difficult time uh, digesting it um, when people say things like that. So um, to me, that's, that's an, also an element of, of control, right? Um, it's uh, sort of making the outside world uh, the way, you know, the way you want it to be, the way that makes you the most comfortable instead of just allow, you know, instead of just adjusting, right? Yep, you got a tree there. You know what you could do? You could park on the other side of your lot. That would work. You could pour some concrete and move the driveway. That's an option. Um, you could build a garage. That's an option. You could put a little carport over your driveway so that you had something you could park under. That's an option. So many options, right? Or you could, you know, get over it. But when you, when you value your car more than you value, <sighs> anyway, so, so this is, so this is really, um, this is, this is really uh, pervasive. Okay. And especially in, uh, in our world. And so there's that fear-based, right? I don't want my kid to play in the, in the tall grass. I can't believe people look at me and they're like, I can't believe you just let your dog out, you know, to run around my neighborhood. I mean, I live in like a neighborhood, like I'm not in, you know, I don't know where it would be unsafe to let your dog out. Um, but I grew up on a farm. And so to me, you, when the dog needs to pee, you put the dog out. Like I've never walked a dog or I've never, you know, unless we're traveling, you know, uh, going somewhere. But for the most part, 
you know, it's, that's that's just how they work. They go out there and they they figure things out. And yes, sometimes, you know, on the farm we would lose an animal. Yeah, that happens. Part of life. You are going to probably lose someone that you know and care for in your life. They are going to die. Part of life. Let yourself sit in it. You know, your grandmother is going to go. Your parents are going to go. Maybe a sibling. Maybe a friend. There are difficult aspects to life, but the purpose of life is not to avoid them, but to experience and go through them, okay? And in that place, you are empowered and actually, counterintuitively, much safer. You feel much safer because you can handle what's coming your way instead of feeling the need to protect yourself. So it's, it's fear-based and it actually leads to weakness, okay? Um, this is a, a, it's kind of a pet peeve of mine, I suppose, but um, one of, one of the places where I see this is I, you know, bought a car a couple of years ago. And, um, when I was shopping for a car, it was just about impossible to find any cars that don't have a backup camera. Okay. And I hate shit like that. It really bothers me because if I use a backup camera, um, first of all, I don't know why I can't just turn around and look behind me. I'm not sure why, like the level of risk there is just does not seem very significant to me. Um, I might hit something every once in a while. I'm a pretty good driver and I've hit some things in my driving career as most dri- good drivers have. Okay, you know, a reasonable amount of risk, right? But these, these backup cameras um, and you couldn't find them without them. And I really don't like that because then when you're used to that and then you get into a car that doesn't have one, suddenly you've lost that skill. You see how you're no longer relying on yourself? You're relying on that thing. And hopefully that thing always works. Um, and you're always in a car that has one. But both of those things are big ifs. And so, you know, to, to, get, to, to get to use that crutch and rely on that um, in order to fix such a small, what I see as such a small problem and, and results in such a large weakness, you know, to me, I, I don't like that, right? So, you know, I, I have a car that has one and I just, I don't use it. You know, I, I use my mirrors and I use my eyeballs. And, and to me, I'm then stronger in that way, right? I'm, I'm, um, I'm self-reliant. I can now survive that kind of situation, right? I can back up any car. So uh, again, that's a little bit more of a, of a, of a pet peeve and something that, that bothers me in particular, but that's one of the issues I have with convenience, you know? Um, it, it's kind of never-ending. Like if you notice, like we live in a ridiculously convenient country, you know, the US and, and Canada and the West in general. Um, it's really quite convenient, right? Um, and yet people still bitch and still complain, right? They're on, their, they're on their phones that, you know, cost God knows how much and are some of the most impressive technology on the planet. And they're bitching and moaning because they lose service every once in a while. A lot of the world has to walk more than two or three miles to get water every day. most of the world is hungry or struggles with basic needs like that on a daily basis. And here you are with a thousand dollar phone that you are complaining about and you're finding ways to be unhappy. And to me, that's what comes with um, making things really convenient.
Sorry, guys, I had to fix my tech for a second there. So, <clears throat> so, um, so we want to feel safe, right? That's the whole purpose of control. And, and the tricky thing about it is that control doesn't always look like being controlling, right? Let's say, uh, let's use, come back to relationships, okay? So if you're the type of person who like tells their um, girlfriend what she can and can't do, right? No, those, those people you can hang out with and those people you can't hang out with. Um, that's, I mean, if, if <laughs> I wouldn't imagine that anybody who does that would be, uh, watching the show, but if you are, then please know that is wildly inappropriate. Okay. The more you try to control your partner and let them control you, I will add, because women, we do love this. We do love to control our gentlemen. Okay. Um, and you know, society in the, in the West now is such that, um, you know, a controlling man uh, uh, garners a lot more attention, right? Oh my God, he's controlling. You got to get rid of him. That's a true statement. But, you know, when she says, oh my God, you know, I can't believe you're talking to your ex-girlfriend and you're whatever. Nobody says, oh, what a controlling, you know, woman, get out of it. But that's also the right response there. I mean, not get out of it, but definitely have that conversation, right? Um, definitely know that that is not, you know, you're, you're, you're not in a relationship in order to control each other. Okay. You're, you know, you, you can be in that kind of dynamic if you want, if you accept that kind of dynamic, then that is what you will have, but it's not a healthy relationship in any way, shape or form. Okay. So, um, you know, I wasn't really planning on going into this a whole lot, but truly, um, control, you know, if, if this is something that you have experienced from women or that you do with women, know that that is, um, a way in which you are trying to um, make the, uh, make yourself safer by changing the other person. And that's not their job. It is not anyone else's job to make you feel safe. I'm just going to say that again. It is not anyone else's job to make you feel safe. Now, someone might want to, might want to help you to feel safe or to provide a safe space for you. And you could go there into that space and you could feel safe. But it is not their job. It's not their job to make you happy. It's not possible for someone to make you happy. Okay? You decide if you're happy or not. That is, a, that is an inside job. Okay? It cannot be done by someone else. Someone could do something and you could feel happy about it, but someone could also do that same thing and you could decide to feel miserable about it. Does that make sense? So what ends up happening is you find yourself in this dynamic um, where you're trying to, um, you're, you're trying to control, right? You're trying to um, manage micromanage what's happening in your relationship. And what that does is it then restricts said relationship. Okay. It's incredibly, um, that kind of restricting and controlling your relationship is incredibly um, difficult to maintain. Okay. It's, it, it, it leads to both of you guys being really unhappy 
Um, and, and it's based on this illusion, this desire to be safe. Okay. So um, if you are the type of person to, you know, to, um, to say to your girlfriend, that there are certain people that she can't hang out with and see certain people you can't, what should you do instead? You, you can't control your relationship, the person you're in a relationship with. Here's what you have control over, your feelings about it. Okay. So if she's going out with a, you know, a friend that makes you uncomfortable, you certainly can voice that, but the, the discomfort is your responsibility. This is very important. You need to own your own reactions. Okay. You need to take responsibility for who you are, right? For your, for how you are in relationship. The discomfort is something that you can look at. That this situation, her going out with someone that you don't approve of or you think isn't good or whatever, is an opportunity for you to look inward and say, hmm, what does that bring up for me? Because it's not her job to do everything that you say or anything, really. It's not your job to do anything that she says. Okay? Those are very uh, um, unhealthy relationship dynamics. Okay. So it's funny. I saw a um, I saw a meme which puts this to a a, a pretty significant uh, extreme, um, but I found it quite fascinating, and I found it quite fascinating. Um, it said uh, it was directed towards women. It said, "What your partner does when you're not with them is none of your business." Now that is a pretty uh, extreme relinquishing of control, right? And uh, it doesn't necessarily need to be that extreme for you. That's a very evolved way of looking at it, but it is a very evolved way of looking at it, okay? Ultimately, that's accurate. You know, now we make it our business. Um, Who did you go out for lunch with? I can't believe that you saw her, da, 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 da. Okay, so... (laughs) You're having a fear response. What is that about? Oh, well, when I saw you with her, I, I felt threatened and I'm worried that you're going to like her more. Oh, okay. You know, what, what, what is that about? Oh, well, you know, my, when I was growing up, my dad always preferred my siblings. And so I always felt left out and I, I got really jealous and I would worry about, you know, him loving them more than me. And I felt that I was going to be abandoned and left. Ah, okay. Do you see how that had nothing to do with the partner? These, these jealousy issues, <clears throat> excuse me, these jealousy issues, these um, needs to control, they're not, they don't have anything to do with your current situation. They look like they do, but they don't. It's always triggering something that you're carrying around from your past. Okay. It's always it's always triggering something for you. Otherwise, you'd have been like, "Oh, you saw that um oh, you saw your old friend from from Chicago and you had lunch. That's fantastic. I'm so glad you guys had fun. I hope she's doing well." With with no issue, no energy behind it at all. Oh, good for you. Great. 
She makes you happy. I love you. I want you to be happy. Wonderful. There's, yeah, there's no, there doesn't need to be any conflict there. So if there is, fine. That's in the person who's feeling uncomfortable. Now, if, you know, someone is feeling uncomfortable and you, you, you know, you want, of course, you want to be respectful. You're in a relationship with her. You may want to um, adjust your behavior, perhaps. But don't assume that it's, that that's a given. You know, oh, and this, again, this happened, this really happens more on, on women's side than men's uh, in relationship. Um, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're mine now. And so you're going to do the things that I say you can do and you're not going to do the other things. And that's the end of it. Okay. Is that the relationship you want to be in guys? Are those the dynamics that you want to have? Cause to me, I'd be like, excuse me. I don't think that's within the realm of possibilities. Now, you know, if, if let's say you're not spending enough time together, right? For one of you. And she says, you know, you're never spending enough time with me. Da, da, da. Look, honey, if I'm spending as much time with you as I, as I want to spend with you, clearly. So if that's not enough, then the option is you can either leave the relationship. You can find someone else. You can, um, you know, behave in a way that makes me want to spend more time around you. Do you see how the, there's, there's that, that coming at it from the angle of control does not solve the problem, Okay. It looks like it does, um, but, it's, but it's, it, it's, it's creating the opposite reaction because now she's wanting you to spend more time with you. She's starting to cling, which makes you kind of pull away because that energy doesn't feel good. Controlling pushes people away, you guys. It pushes people away. So when you, um, when you feel that, that grabbing, like, no, I don't want you to do that thing, that's an, an energy that repels people, right? If you're trying to attract someone and, you know, whether you're in a relationship or you're not, and you're in that controlling energy, that will push people away, okay? It's, the, it's giving you the opposite effect um, of what you want here, okay? And oftentimes, control really doesn't look like being controlling, okay? So, um, you know, again, we, we sort of talked about more of the obvious of telling your girlfriend what you can and can't do, right? That's a little bit more obvious, but it can also take the form of like pushing your opinion on other people, right? No, this is definitely the way it is. And so the underlying sort of in my tone there was like, if you don't see it that way, you know, you're, you're wrong or you're not in on this or we're not connected. Like there's, there, it's not an opinion is a statement about you, about yourself. Okay. When you make it a statement about others, you're out of alignment. You're in distortion. Okay. Oh, this is definitely true. No, it's how you feel. It's something that you feel. It's an opinion that you hold. Opinions have no actual substance. It's just a decision that you made. It can change at the drop of a hat. It's utterly meaningless, actually. Okay. Um, It could take the control, could take the form of really scathing uh, disappointment or disapproval, right? I can't believe that you did that thing. Cannot believe you did that thing. That's a, that can be a form of control. Fine, then I, I, I disapprove, right? And you might, <laughs> but, but this is one of the ways that it underlies, okay? Um, 
You can be, um, you know, the type of person who just has, oh, I just have really strong opinions. But if the way people quote win or lose is by agreeing with your opinions or not agreeing with your opinions, then you see how you're, you're, you're influencing their behavior. You're using those uh, opinions, strong opinions to influence their behavior. Uh, it could take the form of passive aggressive responses. This one is huge, right? Um, uh, you know, I actually just, I just um, was uh, seeing a guy for a little while who did this a lot um, and was um, not only not aware of it, and sometimes in some moments he was actually, um, but not, uh, not open to, to talking about it, right? So of course things, things didn't last because we couldn't fix conflicts when they came up. There was so much insecurity under there and then it would come out in this passive aggressive way. And, um, and it, it, you know, it, it sabotaged the relationship, right? Um, this is how this happens. And of course I do what I do. So I'm sitting here watching this happen being like, let's not go down this route. Like this is, <laughs> you know, fixable. That passive aggressiveness um, is tricky because the, the purpose of it is that when the person who's experiencing it points it out, you can kind of deny it, right? If you're just like, Oh, I guess that'll be fine. And you go, sounds like you're not fine. You know, your tone sounded like you weren't fine. And they'll just say, no, I said I was fine. Everything's fine. It's like you, 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 there's, a, there's a smoke screen, right? You can't, you can't, <laughs> you can't uh, quite put your, you, you can't prove what you're seeing unless they're willing to, to, to admit what they're doing, which usually if they're the type of person to use that defense, they're often not, right? but a, a, a more evolved person will, okay? But passive aggressiveness is very, you know, it's, it's a very controlling thing because it, you know, um, I even started to, to feel it when I would want to do, do something. I had a natural sort of sweet, uh, you know, impulse or something and I wouldn't, I would stop myself as I had spent more time with him because I was worried about his reaction. And I noticed myself sort of, you know, jumping in and restricting myself. And I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. That's not who I am. That's not the kind of, to me, you know, I have pretty high standards for a relationship. I, I don't have an interest, interest in that. You know, if I'm going to be uh, walking on eggshells, that's what passive aggressiveness does, right? Um, it, it, it leads to people walking on eggshells around them. And, um, and that's really uncomfortable. You know, there's a lot of anxiety and, and worry and vo- relationships are voluntary. You know, if you're in one that you're not really excited about, you know, maybe check out not being in that one anymore. Right? I mean, you're, um, you're going to be, you know, this, this is, this is, and look, some people would rather be in a relationship than not be in a relationship at all or be in a not great one rather than not be in one at all. Fine. That's a fine decision to make. Just know that, you know, this doesn't, you doesn't have to be this way. It's not like, well, she has this thing and like, I guess that's the way it is. Yeah, or you could say, hey, I'm noticing this thing. Uh, I sure would like to, to, to change this. I, I love you. I want to make things better with you. What can we do? You know, this makes me uncomfortable, makes me, you know, pull away from you. I don't want to pull away from you. What can we do? You see how you could come at it with this sort of place of, of openness, right? So um, uh, manipulation is also another form that control can take, right? That's a big one. 
um, trying to get other people to obey you or be the way that you want them to be, which essentially is what we're talking about on all the levels, right? That's what controlling is. I want to make sure that everything's okay outside of me so that I can feel safe. I need, you know, if I'm that, if I'm that controlling girl in, in the relationship, woman in the relationship, um, I could maybe, uh, you know, okay, well, I'm okay with you seeing this person, but I'm not okay with you seeing that person and this person over there. That's not absolutely not. And, you know, I'm, I, I need, I need things outside of me to look like X, Y, and Z before I can be okay. Unless you happen to directly align with X, Y, and Z, that would be a no-go for me because it's not my job to help you feel safe. And honestly, it's not going to work anyway because she's always going to be worried that something else is going to happen. You know, that you're going to make, I mean, you're going to make a new friend at work who's going to be a, a pretty girl and boom, there it comes, right? Um, judgment. Judgment is another form of control, okay? Um, uh, it kind of goes along with like the really strong opinions, right? Ugh, can't believe that you do that. And it's like, naturally, that person will start to avoid um, whatever it is that elicits that reaction, right? Uh, controlling the behavior of others, limiting what they can and can't do. We went over that already. Um, Hyperemphasis on rules. Okay, well, that's allowed and that's not. And, and, not, just, and not just setting like, okay, here, here's what our rules are. We can um, make out with other people. That's fine. Uh, we can't sleep with other people without talking to each other. Or I'm not comfortable with you having sex with other people. Um, uh, you know, but you can, or, or, or making out, but, but, you know, we can do, you can, you can hang out with people and, you know, be friendly and, and all of that's fine. Whatever your relationship rules are, and please know they can be whatever you want, whatever you and the other person or people decide you want your dynamic to be. Relationships are voluntary. Do that. That's great. You know, you decide. Okay. You decide what it is that you want to, um, that you want to, uh, what kind of relationship you want to be in, okay? Don't think that you're at the mercy of the person that you're with. You get to design it. So do they. You find a common place. If that works for both of you, you get into a relationship. If not, you don't. Great. That's the dating process. Does not have to be more complicated than that. Um, Hyperemphasis on rules is one. Oh yeah, so there's one thing about setting your, your, the rules for your relationship. And another aspect of that, that is... Um, you know, the, uh, the, the controlling piece there would be an overemphasis on rules. So they're almost looking for ways to, um, for the rules to be violated. Does that make sense? So it's like, well, we said that and you're kind of like, as you're telling a story of what you did for that day, they're kind of looking for ways you may have violated that rule. Does that make sense? So, um, so at that point, um, then you can see that, that you're, they're, they're kind of setting you up to fail a little bit. And that's the control piece, okay? Emphasis on shoulds, right? Uh, things should definitely be this way and they should definitely not be this way. It's like, what, are you, what does that even mean? Should according to whom? Who's setting these rules, right? Um, and so how do you recognize it? You know, if you're, if you're doing any of these things, if you're having a strong uh, if you have a really strong reaction, if you're arguing with reality, you can start by checking there. You know, controlling is always an arguing with reality because you're literally forcing things to be a way that they are not naturally. Okay. You're trying to fix things, to make them better, 
according to you. Um, you're trying to, uh, to arrange things to be the way you want them to be. So there's a way in which you're arguing with how things are. So how do you fix it, right? This is the golden question. Okay, this is absolutely huge. The trick is to keep coming back to allowing. Okay, allowing is the healing response, is the solution to control. Okay, allowing is just letting what's there be there. Does that make sense? Uh, a mantra you might have if this is something that you struggle with is um, it is what it is. That was mine for a very long time. I had a little bracelet that said that is what it is and it reminded me every time I looked at it. Yeah, it is what it is. Girl, let it go. Or you can hold on, but you know the con- that there are consequences to both and I'd spend a lot of time holding on and I was unhappy. So I knew that one way would lead to unhappiness and one way would not. It was uncomfortable to let go once I, you know, to, to get out of the habit. That was very difficult. But this is the point, right? This is the purpose. Can you be okay with the fact that you're not in control? Can that be okay with you? It is fact. I didn't say, do you want that to be the case? Most people would probably say, no, I'd love to control everything. That would be great. Fine. You can't. <laughs> There's very few things in this world I will say that you cannot do. This is one of them. You cannot control your environment, circumstances, and life to the extent that you want to. Not to say you can't influence them, but I'm talking about control here, right? Life will happen. Life will find a way. It is bigger and more powerful than you are. Okay? So, can you be okay with that? Can you sit in the feelings, which may be uncomfortable. Might be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Can you just feel the discomfort rather than try and change it, rather than squirrel away from it, rather than um, try and make it comfortable? Can you just allow yourself to feel the discomfort? Boy, this is really uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. And then when it's done, let it go. This is how life works, guys. Let it flow through you. Find the strength to allow it to flow through you. Okay? Can you be okay with the fact that you're not in control? In that moment when you're feeling that discomfort, you could say, I don't like this, but I'm safe. Right? We have, the way we react to discomfort is kind of, it makes you think that you have uh, like you, that you think it's going to kill you. But the way we react to it looks like we think it's going to kill us. It's not. They're just feelings. Feelings aren't going to kill you. Just let yourself feel them and then let them go when they're gone. Let them in and let them out. This is the solution to control, period. Let yourself feel a discomfort. Boy, she's going out with that guy again. Sure, I'm feeling uncomfortable about that. Maybe that deserves a conversation with her or maybe not, but not when you're in the discomfort. The discomfort is your piece. Okay? The discomfort is from your childhood. It's triggering something in you. That's not her responsibility. It's not her responsibility not to trigger that. It's her job to be, you know, considerate. It's important that she be considerate and loving. 
beyond that, you know, that those are your feelings, take responsibility for them. And then that may sound kind of frightening, but is actually really, really, really empowering. Okay. So the mantras, it is what it is. I, or I may not like this, but I'm safe. I'm okay. Right. In this moment, can I be okay with what's happening? Can I just allow these feelings to be here? Right. Try allowing life to be the way it is around you. Let yourself sit comfortably in it. Right. Let yourself. Um, allow it to be here. Allow life to be here. And your, your world will take on a whole different slant. Your world will take on a whole different feel. Life will be easier, more effortless. It sounds like you're jumping into this risk and, oh my God, things are going crazy. They don't. Okay, because you're strong enough to handle it. So then you're just living life and allowing life to be through you, to move through you, and you don't need to feel afraid or to control. Okay, so give that a try. Give that a try, even if you didn't identify yourself as someone who controls a lot getting on this podcast before you listened. Give it a try. Okay, because this is a, a real, real, real game changer. So that's it for my show today. I hope that you found this really, really useful. Again, my name is Dominique Drew. Um, if you're interested in working with me, I really encourage you to reach out. You can visit me on my website, dominiedrew.com and, um, and check it out. You know, I, I work with people who struggle with these things. I help you solve problems like this in a matter of weeks instead of years. Um, and you've probably been doing this for enough years. So uh, I look forward to hearing from you and uh, I'll see you on the next one. Thanks so much, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Art of Attraction. This is Domini Drew signing off and reminding you that if you love this podcast, please hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars, and most importantly, share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. See you next time.